Welcome back to Inside the Green Room with Danny Green. I'm Harrison Sanford. And this time around, for the first time this entire NBA season, we are now podcasting with an active NBA player. Mr. Three Rings is back on the court. We want to discuss uh, his return to play. Also want to discuss things that have been happening in Memphis recently. A lot of comments in the media and a media report or a report that came out from the athletic here on Sunday that didn't portray uh, John Morant in the brightest of lights. We'll get to that and Shannon Sharp's comments about it. But first, we want to get to the main thing on a lot of NBA people's minds, the NBA trading deadline. And Danny got kicked off with a bang Sunday. Kyrie Irving traded to Dallas Mavericks. Brooklyn Nets received Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, a first-round draft pick, and some second-round draft pick compensation in the deal. But the big thing out of all of them is that now you have Luka Doncic paired up with Kyrie Irving. You're going to see them potentially in the playoffs. Uh, they will be a, they will be somewhat of a threat. Give me your thoughts on the trade and the team that is now built in Dallas. We will see them before the playoffs multiple times, I think. I think we see them two more times. Um, but they made a move, man. It's a big move. And I think they become more dynamic offensively. And uh, not to take away anything from Kyrie um, or Luka or Dallas's team, but I think losing the pieces that they lost, they lost a lot of defense. I think Finney was underrated. Um, he was very good for them. Very good role player. Spencer as well. Um and the picks, I think, you know, Brooklyn, it was a good, it's a good trade for both sides, I think. Uh, but I think Brooklyn got got a, some little extra with the picks. And then they said they got some defense and some surrounding pieces for if KD were to stay. I'm assuming KD hasn't asked for a trade yet. I'm assuming KD is going to be there. He's been there long term uh, and they're going to build around him. Um, we'll still see. That's still up in the air. We still have a couple of days, some hours before the trade deadline. But um, Dallas is Dallas is good, man. They, they, uh, they're forced to be reckoned with with the, that two-headed snake over there. So that two-headed monster. So um, yeah, they uh it's gonna be interesting to see how teams gonna guard that. You have to have two really good defenders to guard Luca and Kyrie. And we're still getting healthy right now. And you know, to have two quality elite defenders to do that is gonna be tough for any team in, in any conference. So I'm interested to see how it works out. That's that that's your thoughts. I think the Dallas Mavericks are cooked. I think do you they're think done. So? I think they're Why? cooked. I Dorian Finney Smith was a valuable defender for them. I think Spencer Dinwiddie was a nice, reliable player that they had. But end of the day, as it pertains to this season, I asked this question, who are Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving going to guard? The stress that they are now putting on the Reggie Bullocks of the world, the Josh Greens of the world, thing yeah. is way too much, honestly. Like, I tell you this, uh, if there was a ticket that I would actually use my money to go to an NBA game for, which I don't like doing, Mm -hmm. Mavericks would be in my top five for sure because they're, I would love to watch them exciting but I couldn't rely on them no way I think they still I think you're forgetting they have a lot of other pieces there too that are really good um with the rim protection I guess they're gonna have to play Javel some at the rim you know they got Kleber there Powell you know that's their rim protection um and on the wings outside of Reggie Bullock they do have Tim Hardaway which is He's not a bad defender. He's pretty solid. And obviously another scorer. It's going to be interesting how they balance that scoring out. Who's going to come with the bench? Who's going to play? Josh Hardaway's got to come solid. off the bench. Yeah, they got a lot of like sizes on the wing, but I think losing Finney does hurt them. But when you got guys that can outscore you, you know, that, that that's a big part of the league as well. So you have to stop Tim Hardaway, Kyrie, Luka, 
And then also the, the lob threats that can also shoot from the perimeter. They do have a really good setup. So it's going to be interesting. I think everybody's interested to see how it's going to pan out. It doesn't seem like it makes sense, but I think Luca taking him off the ball just a little bit, giving him some rest will help him. And then also have a second unit that's when you was off the floor, you have another second unit with Kai in there that can still give you, produce some offensive force. So um, I think everybody's just, just waiting to see how interested and see how it's going to you know work out or pan out if it does or if it doesn't. I would say they're, uh, they're two of my biggest losers in this equation. Okay. Number one, the Brooklyn Nets fans. Okay, maybe you hold on to KD. We'll get to KD in a moment. But if you were a Brooklyn Nets fan, you threw a parade in your mind. Maybe not one, not two, not three. Maybe you threw four parades in your mind already when the trade took place or when the free agency uh, took place that landed you Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. And then you traded for James Harden. I, I remember when that trade happened, I felt uh, this is when you were with the Sixers. As, as much as I was rooting for you guys, mm -hmm. I was like, man, <laughs> those monsters in Brooklyn, man, I'm, they might hold Danny back from getting another ring. Turned out there was really Ben Simmons, but that's, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> but nonetheless, I thought I thought those guys were going to be a terror. We barely sure. got to see them. It was from a basketball fan standpoint. So if I'm approaching this with no bias, mm -hmm. I am as like a pure basketball fan. I am highly disappointed that these guys, for one way or another, didn't make it work, whether it was. Kyrie's not taking the, the vaccine or James Harden not being interested in being around that environment. Mm -hmm. uh, it uh, Just imagine, just imagine 2020 KD, or sorry, 2021 KD hits that shot and his foot is not on the line. Could be all different. Could, be could, in, be. Could, have been, could have been to the NBA Finals. They're the ultimate, the ultimate. Coulda, shoulda, woulda, all stars of our, uh, of our NBA uh, of our era, for era, sure of, of our era for sure. But we don't. That's a lot of ifs, man, for that to happen. You know what I'm saying James has to be healthy again. Kyrie, has, I forget who else was out, but there's a lot of ifs. If James came back, if this is if his hamstring didn't go, on, I, I feel like there was a lot of up and downs, a lot of ifs, a lot of different things that came into play when that group was was together you know quote unquote um they didn't play many games together that's because a lot of injuries a lot of this and that in and out um vaccine whatever it may be uh family issues there was a lot of different things that came into play and maybe that was part of the reason why james went it out or maybe you know it's hard to figure out how to manage each other's egos or manage a split time with the ball and how to be aggressive i think that's a big part of it as well you know james is a guy that's used to having the ball's hand a lot dictating the tempo and playing point guard sharing that with Kai and KD is not easy to do. It's not easy to be. Um, so there's many different, you know, scenarios or concept or whatever you want to put it that what ifs that, that needed to happen for them to be great. But yes, I think a lot of fans wanted to see greatness, but I think most people that understand basketball knew that was going to be tough regardless, even if they were healthy for them to figure it out and for them to, to make it, I guess, gel like perfectly. Because they're all scorers. That just like you're saying, Dallas is done. We're not saying they're done, but defensively, it's a lot different when you have those guys three on the floor. I'm not saying they don't play defense, but they're not defensive players. But they can outscore you. Um, obviously, with Joe Harris, he was different back then. He had guys that were also in and out that coming off of injuries, um, and other guys, DeAndre Jordan at the time. They had a lot of the guys that were there that were trying to figure it out, figure out their role, or coming off injuries. 
Um, but yeah, I think a lot of the league and a lot of basketball people knew that those three together, it was still going to be tough to figure out how they're going to make it work, uh, regardless of injuries, vaccines or not. So, um, yeah, now that they're in different perspective, respective places, I think James is happy where he's at in Philly and he's making it work. Uh, I don't know if, where KD stands with this, uh, but Kyrie, I know he went out of Brooklyn. He didn't like the stipulations of the extension they gave to him. And uh, from what I hear, he's ecstatic about being in Dallas, but we'll see. I was assuming that with this trade that he, the extension would come after that, but there's no extension talks. And, yeah. and that's that's taking a big risk of trading for someone without getting the extension signed. We're going to see what happens this summer. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I would have put uh, the Dallas Mavericks in my losers category as well. But even if they end up losing Kyrie Irving, it does. They do have a scenario where they're able to have a uh, near or, or about max cap space. So uh, I do think there's a world where if it doesn't work out with Kyrie Irving, which I don't think it will, uh, they could go into the summer with Luca and a bunch of money and say, okay, Let's let's take let's try this again. We have enough time because Luca has more than enough time in the NBA to build a you could build a contender around him. So Mavericks, I, I don't blame them for making the experiment. I think you could really go back to if you want to go say they made a mistake. I think the mistake starts with letting Jalen Jalen Brunson go from the beginning. Uh, okay. That would be my first. <laughs> that, I, I think mean, that would be the first thing. At this point, you have to almost get Kyrie. So you so you max Jalen Brunson as well. You give him the max. I think you give Jalen Brunson his market value. I think he's proven that he's worth his market value. For Honestly, sure. But, I mean, do they have enough money to get him and then keep everybody else around? Spencer, uh, you got Davies Bertans over there as well. You got Javel, you got Finney. You had to offer him, Kleber, Powell, all those guys. You can't keep all those guys and give him that at one point. At one point, it was Jalen Brunson four for 52. No mm-hmm. way around it. The ball has been dropped, and so now you think, they, you think they could have got him for four fifty? I don't think that, so. that. No, there was reported. No, it was reported that they could have got him. They they didn't want to do it, and then he started balling, and then the numbers went up, and then after that, so you think that he would have took the extension? I don't think so. That's 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 okay. It's, yes, for sure. We don't know a it, lot it of what is, but I think he knew his market value as well, and he said. 52 in four years, he knows like he know he had to know he can get that was be, that was before they could have given it to him before the season. They didn't they were skeptical before the season. And then once the season started, then the number went up and then it was too late. Um but either way, that, that was the missed opportunity. But the real missed opportunity here, Danny, is with mm-hmm. the Los Angeles Lakers. Now it's okay. reports that they put everything out there that they could. Westbrook, uh I think they uh, the Nets wanted Austin Reeves and Max Christie along with those two draft picks, 2027, 2029. And they eventually the, the deal didn't get done one way or another. I don't know if it was Joe Sy who didn't want to get the deal done or they saw uh, what the Mavericks gave, gave as a better deal, which I think it is. Uh, nonetheless, uh, I think the Lakers had a chance here. We were potentially going to see LeBron's best big yeah. three. In his career, Possibly. if he had, if, health, if, the, if healthy, if healthy, yeah, of yes, course. He but I, I said, there's a man. There's a lot of what is with everything. <laughs> there's a lot bro. of shoulda, woulda, couldas. <laughs> man, and you said they offered. I don't know if they did offer everything. I heard that there was what. It's crazy, also that all these reports are coming out after the trade has happened of who. Yeah, for everybody what. trying to save the it's ass. Kind of wild. <laughs> it's, it's it's bad for business. Under like you're putting people's names there that don't need to be put out there that were offered on the table. Um, but yeah, they were saying that, you know, Lakers or Nets wanted this, but they didn't hear back from Lakers supposedly on the phone, but they asked for this. 
And I think that, you know, they, they made it seem like LA didn't want to give up Austin Reeves and Max Christie, which, okay, they're great players, good potential, but you know, talent like Kyrie, I think you, you make it happen. But we don't know what happened behind the scenes or, or when the calls, but there's a lot of reports coming out that are BS. Um, but yes, if that did happen, the Lakers would have a very good team so if AD is healthy. But Bron himself, even though he's still balling, he's still 38. Having to keep that up. Kyrie is a different age now, but they were good when they were, you know, together five, six years ago, seven years ago, I think now at this point, 2016 when they won. So, yeah. The 2016 when they won one, yep. Seven years ago. Wait a minute. It's been a little while. It seems like it was yesterday, but it was seven years ago. They're both seven years older now. AD is a little older now, and his body's still trying to get right. But I think if you have those guys healthy, that is a really damn good team. So it's hard to beat in the West. And I'm I'm glad it didn't happen because, you know, that's a team that we would have to (laughs) – We'd have to face. Yeah, that would be something for sure. Hey, it could still happen this summer. Uh, I don't know how the Lakers will maneuver it, but it's still something that could be on the table. Uh, I, I don't think the Dallas Mavericks uh, will be the home for Kyrie Irving for too long. Um, it is what it is. Speaking of that, I also don't think that Brooklyn should be the home of Kevin Durant anymore either. I think you should move. I'm sorry. Like, I, I just, I know that they, they've put together, here's what, here's what I think should happen. I think KD should go into the front office and say, hey, I made the trade request last summer. It didn't pay, and you guys didn't reward it. I came back. I was a good soldier. We were hooping. And look mm-hmm. at this again. We can't, we can't hold it together anymore. We can't hold Kyrie Irving down. Ben Simmons is, is worse than what we saw in his last days in Philadelphia. No confidence going to the basket or at the free throw line. I'm what KD's what 34, 35 years old at the peak of his powers. If I'm KD, I've done all I can here. Let's let's work out a trade. There's no yes, you could be competitive for the rest of the season, but competitive for what? I think you. I think KD still can find pieces to build around him, and I think that's a good place to do it. I think he has enough picks, he has enough pieces, he has enough you know bodies that they can move to find and get another star in that city. And I think people respect him more if he didn't just jump ship to go to another superstar team or or team up with a bunch of. I other think he's off the hook to get it done again. Why is I that? think he's off. I think I think from a public person, obviously KD is probably you know one of the most targeted players in the NBA from a, mm-hmm. from a, like a social media standpoint. But I think NBA Twitter as much of an influential mob as they can be, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll make Kate, it, it says KD's off the hook because everything that happened with Harden, everything that happened with Kyrie, and not just what happened with Harden, Harden leaving, but the return the Brooklyn Nets got back for Harden in Ben Simmons, a guy who is more unreliable, which is amazing to say, more unreliable than Kyrie Irving. So Maybe so, I, again, but he's off the hook to get traded, but he's not off the hook to get traded to certain places if he tries to go back to golden state or some of the top teams, oh yeah 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 no no no, 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 we're not allowing that no 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 i don't care that's my point he can't go to boston can't go to golden state i don't give a damn so he has to go to like miami he has to go somewhere he needs to rebuild he's still regardless he's gonna have to rebuild unless only he's gonna be respected is if he goes to a place where he's gonna want where the fans gonna want him to rebuild and actually win his own championship instead of jumping ship or jumping to another team that already has something good going to where he, obviously he's a great player and add a bunch of it, but they're like, oh, he jumped and teamed up with another bunch of other superstars to win another one, and they're like, oh, we don't really count his championships, which is crazy. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I thought, 
what the Brooklyn Nets are trying to do here from the voice O'Neal signing this offseason to get in Dorian Finney-Smith. I think it's a noble thing trying to put together a roster that actually makes sense around KD. Lengthy defenders, 3 and D wings. Uh, they got shooting on that team, obviously. Joe I think Harris, it's a, Seth Curry, Patty Mills. Yeah, they got a lot I think of guys. It's a, Cam it, Thomas. It's a, no, it's a noble effort. That is, but just because you're doing the right thing doesn't mean time. it's the doesn't mean it's the right thing. It's time to get stop the bleeding, stop the bleeding. We will please see. call the fight. It's only over. time just, will tell, and only it's KD over. will know. He's it's, the only one that can... Danny, so you we'll could see. talk. You you could speak about this as somebody who's won three championships, always been on competitive teams. Mm-hmm. When you the way you approach practice the way you approach training camp i know you say for you it might not change but you must have a certain level of juice when you know you have a chance of winning a championship you gotta believe first for sure you gotta have that belief in your group yeah and and i think it it changes everybody for sure has to be everybody on that same page and if you don't have the group if your superstar doesn't believe it then it's going to trickle down if you're role players everybody has to be on the same page everyone has to believe it and okay. it starts with your, with your stars. So, yes, I agree with you 100% on that. And it's all about his approach, his attitude, and figuring out. Because he is talented enough and he's a good enough player to, even at this age, to find pieces and to believe and make his team believe. Because he's won games without Kai. He's won games without James. He's won games without Ben. And he's beat some really good teams. And he can beat some teams on his own or with you know the help that he has there. He's talented enough to do it because he's KD. So, yes. It's really upon him, and we won't find out until we have three or four days left. It's all upon KD. Only time will tell, and only KD will tell. Lakers fans or NBA fans would like to see KD potentially um, maybe get another star in Brooklyn. I don't think that's going to happen, but in this, this dream scenario, uh, all these GMs were apparently uh, made, a, made aware of Kyrie Irving's trade request. Uh, and even I, when I saw the trade request, I wasn't surprised. The first thing my mind went to is, okay, what's happening to KD? Um, there's a world where some people are trying to uh, play virtual GM and send KD uh, to the Lakers uh, because why not? You know, it's 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 somewhat feasible because there's op- there is there are salaries that can be exchanged, but the Lakers don't have enough to make that happen. I bring up the Lakers one more time because you are about to see. History uh, Tuesday night, potentially, Danny, or or Thursday night as LeBron mm-hmm. becomes uh, the number one player all time in point score passing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Uh, two questions, well, three questions. One, if you were LeBron, would you do an ode to Mr. Abdul-Jabbar with the skyhook to break the record? <laughs> I think I would, yeah, for sure. I think... <laughs> If he knows it, but you gotta make it on the first one though. You can't be doing like you can't do like three straight. It's gotta be the first one. If you'll get the first one, it's over. It depends. It depends. If you know it depends on the game, depends on heat and mo. Like obviously you can't. I think the game that they're predicting it to happen is against the Milwaukee Bucks, right? At home. Yeah. That's gonna be an intense game. You you can't be messing around (laughs) in that type of game. You know what I'm saying? Where you're doing a bunch of sky hooks. Now, if you're close and obviously you're up 20 or you're down 20 and you have, you know, two points to score to break it, then, of course, yes. But I think you just play your game of the way you the way he will. Um, but if you can do it, cool. Yeah, I think it would be a dope thing. Either way, I think the, the best possible way for him, what he'd want to break it is just at home in L.A. So the fans have something to celebrate, um, which would be cool. So 
Uh, we'll all be a, a part of history. We'll witness it. We'll play against it, with it, myself, with the people around us, not you, but me. I've been able to witness it um, multiple times over the things that he's accomplished. I've been able to play with him, play against him. Um, and it's going to be a, a really dope thing, you know, to see um, when it happens. Uh, so hopefully the fans embrace it. They enjoy it. They celebrate it the way it's supposed to. And everybody around him appreciates it because, you know, they're going to be very upset or sad when he's gone. And they're going to, you know, he's going to be appreciated a lot more when he's gone. And I think that's a similar thing with Cole, you know, rest in peace to Cole. But a lot of people didn't appreciate Cole the way he should have been appreciated until he, he was done playing. And, and now that he's gone. So um, Brian's going to be those guys. You appreciate him now while you can because you don't have him for much longer. For sure. Uh, and that was kind of leads me to my second question here. I know you've you've been uh, you played with LeBron twice, obviously played with Duncan, played with Joel, I, Harden, AD, um, now Ja. I think you're you, I don't think you're. You, I think your proximity to superstars has been so prevalent that maybe I don't know if you really, truly appreciate what you've been who you've been able to play with. Has there been a yeah? You have. Uh, I think I think Tuesday or Thursday night, whenever it happens. I think if you're watching it, I think Mm -hmm. that would be one of those moments you'll probably kick back and like, dang, I actually want to chip with this dude. That's kind of crazy, right? Maybe so. I'm I'm not the one to reminisce. Usually when the season's over, but if I don't have a we have a game though. I think Thursday we play Friday. Sorry, so we don't have a game Thursday. Um, so if I'm watching or if I see it. Um, and I get a chance to, you know, reminisce a little bit. I'll probably reminisce for, but I think most of us will reminisce or talk about it or really think about it or hone in after the season or when he's actually done playing and his career's over. Because he's going to break this record and keep scoring. <laughs> he's yeah. going to keep playing. <laughs> Just like Steph Curry breaking Ray Allen's records. Like, you know, I played against this guy for many years, but he's still breaking records, still hooping, still playing with many more years to go. And I think Bron, some people think he's going to play like two or three more years. I don't know how many more, but he may play another year or two after this year and, and you know, continue to, to demolish that record. So we'll, we'll see what happens. I think we'll we'll really let it set in or sink in when his career is over. All right, last question. You're on that court Thursday. Let's just say you're playing against the Lakers. <laughs> What's in your mind as LeBron is potentially going for history? I don't think you're probably not the primary on him. Let's just say that's probably Dylan Brooks. Yeah, but if you get if you get switched on him, uh-huh. what's 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 in the competitor Danny Green's mind? I mean, I'm obviously trying to get him to stop him, not let him score. Yeah, but if he gets somehow gets an angle or gets an edge on me, I'm fouling him and I'm making an earner <laughs> at the free throw line. That's what any player it doesn't matter who it is, but for sure I'm not giving up a dunk, a layup, or something easy. He's gonna, and I, I think he, there is a time where he did score like thirty thousand points on me. It was like a step back jumper, um, which was a tough shot. You know, yeah, you, you let that one that slide. One. <laughs> yeah, let live with that one. So I'm, I'm playing defense. I'm playing. You know, I'm not trying to let him score his break the record on me. I mean, obviously, you can break the record <laughs> on somebody else, but it was on me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna foul you. I'm trying to get a stop. Yeah, you got to so, get yeah. it at the free throw. You got to get it at the free throw yeah. line where I'm not like in the vision. <laughs> yeah, nah, I'm not giving him no easy baskets. You're gonna have to work for that one, pimp. <laughs> oh that's uh that should be a fun watch uh and uh a monumental moment in nba history is on the way when we come back we got to discuss uh the superstar that does play on danny green's team john morant and a number of uh negative headlines unfortunately that he's been in recently we'll be right back mm-hmm. back like a dandy green jumper in the 2022 and 2023 nba season oh. this is inside the green room ah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, that's not bad, kid. That was not bad. 2023 jumper. There you go. 2023 <laughs> jumper. It's still coming. We a couple air balls out, but you know, we, we got a couple <laughs> mix into it. Some book, some good ones, some bad ones, but it, it's coming back. It's back there. So we're, we're in 2023 now. Yes, indeed. Uh, looking forward to uh, more uh, three-point uh, marksmanship from you as the season continues to go. Uh, look forward to you getting more assists from Mr. Ja Morant. Uh, you did not play with him in the last game um, because of a wrist injury, but Ja Morant's been in the news for some other things uh, of recent. I'm going to tell you, uh, Going to if the, anybody in the audience is not aware, uh, during the weekend uh, on Sunday, there was a report that came out from the Athletic, or yes, on Sunday came out from the Athletic, uh, Bob Kravitz and Sam Amick, that the Indiana Pacers filed a report with the NBA uh, claiming that uh, an SUV that may or may not have, that may or not, uh, may or may not have had J- John Moran inside of it, uh, trained a red laser on somebody from the Pacers staff. Um, eventually, uh, the NBA has said they have reviewed the matter and that they have no evidence that uh, there was any type of weapon involved in this uh, training of the red laser. Nonetheless, uh, somebody, uh, they didn't specify who, um, has been banned for the remainder of the NBA season uh, from attending Grizzlies games. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a bunch of negative energy coming around uh, Mr. Ja Morant because of this report. Shannon Sharp uh, had comments on Undisputed on Monday morning. Uh I'll summarize some of what he said. We might even drop in the soundbite or two. I wish Ja would realize that he's not a thug. Ja is a really Ja is a really good basketball player. Ja did everything he could to lift himself and his family out of this type of environment and to get away from this. And for some reason, he wants to surround himself with these type of people. Why? Bro, you not hard. That's not your life. People that in that life would give anything to be in your life. Great point. For some reason, you're worth 30, you're worth, a, you got a $200 million contract and you want people in the NBA to think you hood, to think you gangster mm-hmm. because you roll with these type of people. Bro, you putting yourself in harm's way when you don't have to. Nobody looks at you, John, think, man, that's a thug. He hood. <laughs> he down. He bought that. You not. Mm-hmm. Stop pretending. All you do is yap and talk about, oh, I'm going to let him live to see another day. I'm going to do this. You're not going to do nothing. What you're going to do is get yourself in trouble, put yourself and your family in harm's way when you don't have to. Just play basketball. If you want to do all that chirping and all that about y'all good, how great y'all are, mm-hmm. even though your record indicate since you made your statement, Dylan Brooks made his statement, you've been awful. Have at that. I got no problem. I, I wish you wouldn't talk so much considering mm-hmm. y'all talk so much to have done so little. That's a part of it. I get that. But this, 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 what you're going about, pretending like you, like you down like that, like you tote, that you carry, bruh, you putting yourself in harm's way. Mm. And it's not a good look for you. Stop this, man. This is not you. You, you, I mean, you, you played basketball to get out of this environment. You could, hey, I guarantee you, you got homeboys. You say that's your fam. You tweet that that's your fam. That probably had talent like you, but they chose that life. Bro, you need to let that go. Because that's not you. It's not. You pretend like you hard, but you're not, Ja. You're opening yourself up. You're putting yourself in a position you don't even need to be in. And for what? For street cred? Come on, bro. 
Uh, but this is one of his quotes. Uh, this is Shannon Sharp directed towards John Morant. You got a $200 million contract and you want people in the NBA to think you hood, to think you gangster because you roll with these type of people. Bruh, you're putting yourself in harm's way when you don't have to. Nobody looks at you, Ja, and thinks, man, that's a thug. He's hood. He's down. He's about that. You not. Stop pretending. Danny, what are your, is your response to uh, everything that has happened around uh, your teammate over the past 24, 48 hours? Well, first, I'd like to address the uh, Shannon Sharp comments. Um, I appreciate and respect most mostly all people of the media. Now that I'm in it, I understand the behind the scenes, the things you have to do as, as your job, things you have to speak on as a topic that you may not want to speak on. Um, and when a fellow member or especially of our culture gives their advice, um, especially coming from where he's come from, an OG that's been in the game, you know, you, you got to appreciate, you know, what he's trying to relay the message. I think the delivery is a little off, um, but I understand what he's trying to say. A lot of people don't disagree, um, but the way you don't have to also take somebody down or call them soft or tell them that they're not about that when you're telling them, this is not the life that you need to live. This is not how you need to move. Um, you can simply say that in a different you know, way or a different aspect or in a different type of tone. Um, so yeah, there's been a lot of speculations, been a lot of things, and obviously Joss put out a tweet of how it was nonsense, it was BS, and nothing was found. But I think the biggest thing is that he's got to understand because there's so many or there's enough negativity out there, enough negative articles out there that people are going to believe that wherever there's wherever there's smoke, there's going to be fire. So anytime they hear something negative, they're going to believe it or believe something close to it. Um, so because of the fact that you have other instances before this, and we, I know his people, very good people, great, great kids, his brothers, his family, his, his dad, they're all really good people. And I don't think they are trying to do anything or put him in harm's way or, or, or try to be thugs. Um, you know, they have a good time. They're there to support him. And if he has any, you know, incidents or beef or issues with somebody, they're there to support him and back him as well. I don't think they're aiming lasers or pointing guns, but if something was to go down, they're there to protect him. Um, rightfully so. Um, so as I do know those people, and I don't think they're trying to to do that or about that, um, but I think him as well as them need to understand because there's so much negative air around them and they, their camp that they have to move a lot differently and very carefully. And and I think this is a part of the reason why I think the organization or the arena, whoever made the decision to ban him is because they're trying to, the image of what it portrays or what it looks like, uh, they're trying to clean it up and say, all right, we're trying to make it, you know, put our foot down. And I'm sure they didn't want to do this, but this is something they had to do uh, because of the incidents previous to this. And it's like, all right, seems like things are getting out of hand with this camp. So we need to do something to show that, you know, we're going to handle it ourselves or clean it up. So I think this kind of forced their hand to kind of ban someone. Unfortunate enough is one of his friends, close friends, his brother. And now he can't come to the home games, which sucks. But this is the kind of treatment that's going to happen or you're going to get when you have multiple incidents that come around you. So um, I haven't had a chance to talk to him about it. I would like to. Um, he knows where my locker is. He knows my door is anytime he wants advice. I know he carries a lot of weight and um, there's a lot of people around him that he, you know, he, he turns to and he may not look to me as one of those people. Um, so he has a lot of ears, a lot of people, obviously people talking to him. And there's a lot of people that are willing to listen to him. Um, but I, I let him know, you know, I'm, I'm here. If you need to talk, you need some advice, I'll give it. Um, end of the day, it comes down to him well, of how he wants to move, how he wants to 
who he wants to let in and, and how how he wants to receive certain things. And it's hard. It's hard as a youngster. You know, it's hard to, I guess, figure out who should be in your circle, who shouldn't be. Um, it's hard to minimize. It's hard to cancel out distractions. It's hard to tell your family and friends no, especially when you have a $200 million contract. You know, he's he's a superhero or people pleaser off the court and on the court. He's trying to wear a cape on both sides. And a lot of times you got to find ways to put the cape down and, and tell people no and, and to have somebody else handle things for you. And I think our security does a good job of that. Our team does a good job and our organization does a good job of that. Um, but I think there's just a lot of miscommunication, a lot of, you know, weird things in the air and a lot of just negativity in there that it's kind of putting people in, in a, a bad taste of his his people and his camp uh, which is unfair but that's just the nature of the world the nature of the business Danny you haven't reached uh and you know you're my homie so I'm not gonna <laughs> I don't mm -hmm. think I'm gonna, I'm saying anything wrong by saying you're not gonna reach the level of superstardom <laughs> That oh. John Moran has, <laughs> but no offense taken, bro. No, nah, <laughs> I already know that. And I don't want that level superstar. You know, I've seen yeah. him. He can't go to Target. I can go to Target and Starbucks and, and operate. The, and, and I like that. I can do that. I'm okay with that. Yeah. So yes, uh, I don't with, mind being a non-superstar. Go ahead. But even with that, uh, from, you know, your, your time in San Antonio, where you there for what eight years and mm -hmm. you gained seven a lot years. of, yeah, you seven years, you gained a lot of local celebrity there whether it be uh, from your time in high school where you built up to be a uh, McDonald's All-American, whether you were at North Carolina winning a national championship and being a key member of those teams, um, or even in Toronto where you became somewhat of a local celebrity there um, because of everything that you kind of built and brought with you, how did you manage having the right people around you? It just takes because again, time, you're not because you're not job, but again, you're yeah. still there's still people who want to be in there's still people who who even right now, as I, I remember when we were in LA, I remember there are people who are gonna want to be in your circle. For sure. Um, and some people who who quote unquote deserve to be in your circle because of sure. past relationships, history, XYZ. How did you how did you curate your 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 close friends list? A hundred percent. It doesn't matter if you're a superstar or not. If you make money, a good amount of money, and you're playing in this league, somebody, a lot of people are going to want to be a part of or in your circle and going to find what ways to try to infiltrate that. And I think it just takes time of years and maturity and age just to figure out who you are first, what you can handle and what you want and what you want around you. Um, you know, when you're young, you're just very impressionable. And you're just happy that you made it and you want to said, please everyone, you know, you're a people pleaser and not everyone's a people pleaser, but you just happy that you made it and you want your people to experience that as well. They're just as happy when live vicariously through you. You want them to also experience that as well. So you're going to do whatever you can to, to make them feel like they're a part of it. And lucky for me, I didn't make a bunch of money at young. So it was easy for me to say no, because I really didn't have, <laughs> I really didn't have the the finances or the fortune or didn't have the resources to be able to do for everybody. I could do for some, um, but I've, through that process of not having it helped me also decipher how I mm. wanted to move when I, when I got it. Um, so yeah, I think as you get older, you kind of just want peace, you want less stress and you figure out what helps keep you more focused and less distracted do you need somebody to be a middleman to infiltrate tickets do you need somebody to be a middleman to infiltrate who's visiting or this that, and other or do you need your wife or girlfriend or your brother to help you know orchestrate or you know choreograph whatever it is that's around you of what's going on um so you have to figure that out as you go on i think as i've gotten older it's like all right 
you try to find out, especially, you know, you're coming toward the end. Um, but I was prepared for the end, even when I was not in the end. It's like, I, this might be my last contract. I always prepared that way regardless, because you never know what can happen. Thank God, I, I even though I still tore my knee, I was able to bounce back from it. But you could tear a knee and never come back or tear an Achilles, never come back. Um, so I always, you know, prepared as if the contract that I had was my last contract. And it's like, all right, after this contract, what can I live off of? What can I handle? What, who can I be around? And you know, who can you, I who do you still want to hang? Who do you still want to hang out with when it's all over? Who do I have the same similarity? Who what do I have in common with? If we're not, you know, I can't. It's hard to be kicking it with the same guys who are single if I'm not single. If I'm married, you know, you can kick with them on a certain basis, but it ain't gonna be the same lifestyle. So um, I gotta get so, wiped up now. Golly, no, no. <laughs> hey, you can do what you want, bro. You don't gotta be wiped <laughs> up. You're still in a circle, but I just say I can't do the same type of shit with you. I'm not gonna be going to the clubs and doing the same thing. Um, but yeah, you you figure out, you know, what you can handle, what you can, you know, decipher, what you can process. And I think each year is like for me, it was cutting back on spending. How do I do less spending each year? Because I know that at some point I'm not gonna be making the same amount of money. I'm going to come back. I'm not going to do as many tickets this year. I'm not going to do as many visits. Or if they do visit, I'm not taking care of that visits. They're going to have to figure it out on their own. So it's like, how do I? And then by that nature, you're already automatically cutting down and, and you know, you're making your circle even smaller, less distractions, you know, less bills. I think more of the stresses and more distractions come from when you have to try to pay for everybody, take care of everybody and, and, and try to make everybody happy. So I think after a certain amount of time, they've gotten experience, all right? We've done three or four years of doing this. Everybody's gotten that experience now. If they want experience, they do it on their own or figure it mm. out. I don't need to give everybody the same experience. Only a few people will get this experience now, and they understand why. I'm not paying for this anymore. I'm not doing that anymore. And as I said, that comes with age and time and maturity and, and also just becoming a man and be able to say no to your parents. As a you know, black, Af young African-American male, a lot of us aren't comfortable with saying no to our parents. You know, we're not comfortable with, it's not an easy switch to become the man of the house right away when you just because you got a, a, a better, bigger job than everyone else in the family. Um, so yeah, it takes a lot of time to understand that and also just becoming coming into your own and being a man and be able to just say, no, we're not doing that. Or yeah, I have it. Or even if I do have it, no, I don't want to. Like you got the experience, cool. This is my life. I'm gonna live my life and I'm gonna prioritize it for me and my children. And then if I have something left over, if I'm able to do for you, then yeah, I'll do that if I want to, but I don't have to. I'm not, you know, obligated to. And I think. Mm -hmm. A lot of us are stuck in that mindset <clears throat> that we're obligated to because this person raised us or because this person was uh, coaching us. So this, we're not really obligated to. Yeah, we should help take care of them, but not for the rest of our lives. We'll give them some experiences and then we got to live our own life and they got to figure it out as well. And then, yeah, they can come along for the ride for parts of it, but they don't have to be there the whole time. So, yeah, I've known you for a while, obviously, and you've always been like uh how would I say this? You always operated as you are in your family, the older brother, which is an mm -hmm. admirable trait. But I, I'm wondering if you pull back the curtain a little bit, maybe, don't drop any names, uh -huh. but I'm wondering if you remember the first time you said no to something that you that maybe the other party or the group thought was like a foregone conclusion. Do you remember the first time you were like, nah, y'all wildin'? Absolutely. I remember every time I've said no. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't say I read, wrote them down, but I remember especially the early years of the times where I, and, and a lot of it happened when I was cut, when I was at home for a couple months, when I was in the G League, when I was went overseas. Um, a lot of it was during that time, which thank God for me was early in my career because I said I really didn't have it. So it's easier for me to say no. If I had it, it's a little harder because then, then you have to explain. But you, you have to realize I'm a grown man. I don't have to explain shit to you. <laughs> this is my money. I don't need to do none of that. But I do remember when 
yes, the first time, the last time, and every time that I've had to say no for people that have asked for requests that are like, what makes you think that you're entitled to this? Or why would you even ask for something like that? Um, and it's happened. And I've had to say no. I've had to change relationships with people. I've had to cut some people off. I've had to remove certain things or certain situations um, due to that. And that's a part of said growing up in not just our league, but for sure. And it happens at a more, you know, I guess, I wouldn't say nasty. It just happens a little bit more in our business. And I guess people with more money, the more success, there's, you see the, the nastier side of things or the more entitlement side of things with people. It comes out sooner and more bluntly and uh, more rash, I guess, however you want to say it, um, in this business than in others. But it's a part of life that happens in life. Anytime you change or grow, you're going to make some changes with your friends, family, you know, people around you, et cetera. But in our business, it just happens that much quicker because so much more money is coming in faster. So many more things, so many more people are coming at you. You're going to have to make some decisions a lot quicker and a lot more people are going to come and go throughout your your brief. And it seems like a long time, but our profession, most of us last maybe five or six years. That's the lifespan, man. And that five or six years, and I've been fortunate enough to play 10 plus years. But even that 10 plus years, a lot of people are going to come and go. And that's just part yep. of the business. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so you also spent now, obviously, uh, you somebody who has been or has superseded Jaws uh, superstar level uh, is LeBron James. And obviously, LeBron has never even been accused of anything close to this mm -hmm. uh, or any of his associates that we know of, at least. Uh, what could you say you learned or you picked up from being LeBron's teammate and kind of noticing how he operated with his group of friends who have now sure. who have now all made a name for themselves for reasons outside of being you know, just friends of LeBron. They have things they got going on, at least the ones that we know of publicly. But I mm -hmm. think maybe you took, I assume you took a note or two from how for LeBron sure. curated his friend and uh, relationship list. Definitely. Uh, tons of things. And just how they moved, how they operated as a group, as a unit. Um, in the right direction, in the right route, in the right way. I think that's the biggest thing. It's like when you're young, you think it's cool to be, you know, this or be that. It's cool to be tough or hard or gangster, you know, that type of thing. Or it's cool for you, some of your friends to do this or sell drugs or do that, you know what I'm saying? Like, or operate or somebody's got guns or somebody's protecting you. That, that you know, and I think learning from him and watching him, it's like, he was like, nah, I'm not about that. It ain't cool. And I don't need to move like that. And to understand that, to see him move like that, one of those top guys that, you know, from black culture, from, you know, young African-American male, um, and to to be professional and have the right people around him, the right positivity around him, uh, and not allowing any BS come into his camp or to taint who he is or his brand, it taught me a lot of how I wanted to be and how I wanted to be with my friends. And I think a lot of people see, you know, black excellence and like, you know what? It's okay and it's cool to not be or not want to be a thug. It's cool or okay to not want to be a tough guy or a drug dealer or, you know, an artist or or a security guy or a gun guy, you know, a fighter. Um, it's okay to do that. And, you know, even the, some of the best in the planet do it and succeed at it. And they, they still, their friends are doing well and they, they still look cool to the rest of the world. You don't have to be, you know, a tough guy to be, you know, to look cool to the rest of the world. And he said just how he had them go through certain schooling or certain businesses or yes. just the proper channels of teaching them and letting them learn on their own and, and figuring out. And also how he had the people around him that brought something to the table. That was the mm. biggest thing. 
Mm. He didn't have anybody around him that that had nothing going on or brought. They made sure that they they held their own, and that table was not just him. Obviously, he brought a lot to the table for them, and everything he touched was gold. He had you know the good utensils, the gold you know spoon, silver fork, whatever knife, and and gold plating. Uh, but they also brought things to the table. They brought a lot of food and their own utensils. They brought different tools, and they figured out how to make a you know a big master grand plan where you know it's a, a big supper. Everybody eats. And they're making movies. They're doing this. They got an agency. They got so many other things. And I think, you know, a lot of people look at that and say, you know, that's how I want to move. And that's how I want my group to move and mm-hmm. be that type of black excellence. And, you know, if he can do it from Akron, Ohio, and with those guys, you look at it like, you know what? I don't see why my guys couldn't be like that, you know? They they didn't have any extracurricular special talents. They just worked hard. They went after it. They came up with some ideas. They went to schooling. They did things the right way, and they had somebody to help lead them. So, and not taking away from, from, from anything away from them. Those guys are great. They're really good at what they do, and they obviously had the smarts and the drive and the work ethic to want to do that. So, kudos to them. But it's definitely a blueprint for most young black athletes that want to be LeBron and you know have a, a group around them that's you know successful. Yeah, it wasn't too long ago uh, that Phil Jackson called uh, LeBron's uh, group posse. Yeah. A, a posse. And now uh, they are all moguls in, in one way or another. Uh, Rich Paul was an agent that went to school, got certification, and, and now running a, a big agency with Clutch Sports and a number of people out of uh, LeBron's camp. I imagine, Maverick. yes. It, yeah, Maverick Carter. Yes, it helped to have proximity uh, to LeBron. But at the end of the day, uh, you have to bring something to the table. Uh, like, even though you and I you and I are cool, we go way back. Mm-hmm. If I told you, yo, I want to start a podcast, and I but I had no broadcasting or media experience, regardless if I send it to you in a two-page email proposal or not, you'd have been like, all right, bro. Well, I like the idea, but you gotta, you're not the one. <laughs> you gotta have something to back it up, man. You can't just go jewelry shopping with somebody that's known about jewelry, or you can't go mm. house shopping with somebody that has done no real estate classes. Like, bro, I'm I'm stupid for doing this and allowing myself and you to do this when we both have no knowledge of it. It's the blind leading the blind, pretty much idiots leading idiots. And it would make no sense to do business with somebody that's not com- like that's you know, don't say comfortable in the business, but that has some familiarity with the this topic or the subject yeah i will i will say this uh then last thing here on on, on job ja morant um the nba s the nba has said that there has been no evidence of any guns being involved uh and um they've have moved forward they've closed the investigation and with one of the results being that uh somebody was banned from grizzlies games with that being said i i heard this phrase i i i wish i remember where i heard it from but i think I thought about it, Danny, and I think it's damn true. If you need more than 30 seconds to explain yourself, you're already guilty in the court of public opinion. Yeah, it's sad, but unfortunate, but true that it's not innocent until proven guilty. I wouldn't say anymore because I don't think it ever was. But I think anytime anything comes out about you negative, people are going to believe it in the headline, regardless of who you are. And there's many cases you can go back to whatever dates, court cases of people, you know, I guess, accused of this, accused of that. All people remember is what you're accused of. They don't remember if you got off or if it was shut down or dismissed. They just remember, oh, wasn't that guy accused of stealing or wasn't that guy accused of, you know, 
killing someone or or rape or whatever, which is bad, you know what I'm saying? Or shooting somebody in, in, in the foot is crazy. Even if it said these things will forever be stuck in someone's head and people will automatically just remember you for the negative things that you've done and they'll just believe it, um, which is said the unfortunate part of America and well, our world. Uh, but yes, but it is what it is. You got to be it that, it just, it just got to accept it. And that's why um, you got to move differently, man. You got to keep everything clean cut and safe and have you can't move in the same way because anything can taint your brand, whether it's true or not. Mm. All right. Uh, before we get out of here, uh, I wish, uh, there were positive headlines about one of your teammates and I wish there was a positive reflection of how the team is playing, uh yeah. over the last two three weeks or so well, ever since that we're turn around bit, man we're i've been looking kind of shaky two we're and eight in your around. last two and eight in your last ten uh no steven adams which i think has been a uh i think man. people are realizing how big of a deal it is more than they maybe thought when it first happened i assume he'll be back by after the all-star break uh but what is your vantage point especially with you being out there on the court now what is your vantage point of what's going wrong with the memphis grizzlies Man, Steven is is a big part that's that we're we're hurting. We're missing him. Um, we got him for cheap. His extension he signed was a good one for the team and for him, of course. You know, congratulations to him. But I think we got him for cheap because he's a big part of what we do. He's a big part of how we operate from screening, you know, getting guys open, uh, limiting possessions to other teams because we got killed in the glass the last couple of games. Of second chance points, especially with Toronto, he's limiting to one shot, one shot only, and. In, giving us extra possessions on the offensive end of the floor, especially because we don't shoot well enough to, you know, beat teams on the first possession. Him giving us offensive rebounds with putbacks and also kickouts for threes or extra possessions is huge. You know, he's a, a plus 25 for us when you think about those three aspects of, of the game because a big part of the game is screening. A big part of the game is rebounding when you're playing defense. Um, and extra possessions is huge. So, you know, we're dearly, we're sorely missing him. And, um, you know, outside of that, we're just also trying to get back healthy. You know, Ja's been in and out of the lineup. Um, obviously, Steven's out, but, you know, sometimes Dez will be in and out. It's the Dylan suspension. Uh, we have some technicals. Um, you know, Jaron in and out. Jaron's out for one for a hamstring situation. Um, so, yeah, getting us healthy and then also getting Steven back will give us a, a big plus. But uh, I think we're we're still figuring me just getting back into the lineup. That's also trying to figure out the rotations with that. But um, I said I think we're uh, – it's a part of it's part of the season. It's adversity, but I think it's a good thing that we need to test us, to challenge us, and something we can learn from. And hopefully, we turn around. We need to turn around before the break. We get locked in through these last four or five games, whatever's left, and then go into the break, you know, at ease and and kind of reset, and then mentally focus again when we start back up. I would say the uh, the one red flag that I've had watching you guys again. I've been watching really intently. It feels like every every game since this West Coast red trip, oh, since the West Coast road trip started, Coach Jenkins has had to call that timeout within the first four minutes of the game. Like, hey, y'all, what what? That's in my opinion, that's the hey, yo, are we ready to play tonight? Timeout. Like Which that's is, what I, I, yes, what's I going agree. on with but that the, one. The crazy thing is, it hasn't happened. So in Portland, we started off well. In Toronto, we, there's a lot of games we started off well, and it's, it's weird, but we don't keep our foot on the gas. It's either we don't start off well and we try to dig ourselves out of a hole or we just start off well and we just kind of lose focus and think the game's going to be easy. Um, you know, we got to find a way to mature, and that, that comes with both sides of it, and that's starting off 
intense with urgency and also finishing and continue the duration of the game we have that same urgency uh because we started off well against portland we started off well against i think toronto we just you know we was game we were up 13 14 in a third or 15 we we're up some points against toronto and against portland we were up pretty decently too to start the game but you know hopefully we so we lock in um i'm trying to bring some of that maturity with me and dylan come back hopefully he gets a game refocus and you know come back you know different guy and, and locked in and 12 he got a game so we have guys back now and we have you know four games left before you know the break we need we need all four of them yeah finish up strong get into the all-star break and then come back after that all-star break and be uh locked in because best believe i would i imagine we're going to start to see uh some of the best basketball uh, from some of the teams in your conference, like the Clippers, who've been cooking as of recent. Uh, I know the Warriors have Steph Curry injured, but I imagine they're trying to get their horses in order on whatever. The, and obviously the Mavericks are now going to be playing with the new with wow. a new tool in their toolkit. So yeah. uh, the faster y'all get it, get your act together, the more likely y'all can hold on to a top two seed in the West, which would obviously uh, be of benefit to you guys come playoff time. All right, we're about to get out of here. We are thinking about uh, doing a trade deadline type of special some way, somehow on Thursday. So pay attention to this uh, podcast feed. Also pay attention to us on Twitter as well at Green Room Inside. We might even do a Twitter spaces, just depending on what happens at the trading deadline. Maybe we'll pop up on our IG, which is also inside Green Room. Or maybe we even do TikTok, Danny. I didn't even know TikTok had a live feature. I just found that out this weekend. Uh, you could also <laughs> find that. That is inside the Green Room. There's just way too much. I love social media and I hate it at the same time. Uh, one more thing before I get out of here. Uh, for those who potentially uh, follow me and other my other media ventures, or uh, if you are just interested in my insight, uh, take the Eagles, lay the points. They're going to roll this weekend. The offensive line is just too good. Offensive line means a lot. I don't care about the pressure Kansas City has been able to generate, uh, particularly against the Cincinnati Bengals, who are missing three offensive linemen. The Philadelphia Eagles have the best offensive line in the NFL, in my opinion. And I think that'll be the key for them winning this game. Danny, I equate the Eagles offensive line to somebody like you. Uh, in, in football, they call the offensive line the big uglies. They don't talk mm -hmm. about them. But then when the game is over, like, damn, thank God we had a good offensive line protecting our quarterback. <laughs> they get it done. They get it done. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, what are you doing for the Super Bowl? Oh, you'll be in Boston. We'll you, be can, in Boston. you won't even be able to be able to enjoy the game. Damn. Oh, we will. It's after our game. We have an early game in Boston. Sunday afternoon game. When we're done, Super Bowl starts. So hopefully we can get a win and get a chance to watch the game together as a team and just relax. For, for those who are new to the podcast, watch how difficult Danny makes this answer. Watch how difficult it is. All right, Danny. Super Bowl Sunday. Everybody's at the crib or everyone's at the hotel. So a little Super Bowl party. What is the one Super Bowl plate or meal that you want? I think everybody has to go with wings and pizza and you ranch. see, you yeah. see, he already answered more than one. I told you That's guys, a, you can have more. Yeah, I, I said, I said, I, but what was the question? What's the one thing? Wings. That, okay. Wings. Flavor. Flavor. Mild. I'm going mild. Oh, man, spice it up, man. Spice it up. Spice uh, it up. We don't need that much. <laughs> All right, guys, you know what to do. Uh, read, rate, subscribe, review. Danny, any last words? That's it. We'll see you guys next time. And hopefully the time we see you have a winning record.
coming back to the show. Sounds good, my friend. Peace. There you go.